Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. We went through that little bit of frost there last week and uh, it looks like the forecast is going to be great. We're going to have a long fall here hopefully and starting to see some colors changing. It's looking good. Going to see some nice colors on our columnar aspen if you have an Ohio buckeye and uh, lots of great fall colored plants out there that uh, hopefully you have some in your yard. And But if you don't, it's also a great time to look in your backyard and say, is it blah, or do I need to add or delete or or do some of those things? And it's a great time to assess your trees. Like if you have some trees that aren't doing good, take a picture of them, get in touch with your an arborist of some sort and uh, and get them by to have a look at them. So cause I know it's uh, everyone's booking out a little bit. Everyone's quite busy. All the good all the good arborists are anyways. And uh, so just have a look, time to plan. This is a great time. And if you need some stuff, I know all the garden centers have their um, trees and shrubs and that all, are all on sale right now. I know you can save up to 50% down at Spruce It Up, and I'm sure all the most of the garden centers are having sales at this time. So it's a great time. And it's really good to plant your, your ground. The soil is nice and warm right now. So you get your roots in there, and and it's not concentrated on growing anything up top. It's just going to settle in, get some roots formulated, and then next spring it's still uh, ready to go like crazy. So, and uh, a few little tasks, I guess, is uh, one of the things. Come, seen lots of things on some of the um, message boards and things like that. People are thinking there's a shortage of tulips, and from what I understand, there is. I know we got a big shipment in. Um, so if you are looking for your fall bulbs, I would get out and get them right away. And it, you still got a fair bit of time to plant them. You don't need to plant them today or tomorrow. You still got a couple of weeks, three or four weeks at least, uh, even into mid-October to plant your um, your fall bulbs. A lot of people, a lot of people got getting into gardening this year. Um, forget that. The bulbs that you plant now will give you those beautiful spring colors like the tulips and things like that. And uh, so right now is when you want to plant those and and get ready for your gorgeous spring color. So looking forward to this fall. Uh, Calgary can have some pretty nice um, color as long as we don't get the that frost. And that's what did so many of our trees and shrubs in last year. We had that sort of between minus 12 to minus 18, depends what part of the city you're in, last September. And it just freeze-dried a lot of our trees and shrubs. So, And uh, I got a, a text from a tree, a, a text from, not from the tree, from a, from a person of their tree. And it was it's a big ash that a whole bunch of it is uh, freeze-dried. And a tree like that, I would just make sure you give it some really good deep watering, um, there is some of the branches are leaf right to the top, but, um, also rage plus is a really good one. So I would definitely hit it with some rage plus, but it might be that one you sent me, um, had a lot of, um, dead in it. I think you might need some heavy pruning or it might be done. Unfortunately, um, where's my phone? Actually, I got to turn it over here and have the phone going on her end. So I'm just going to flip it around so I can uh, answer some calls. I'm going to go to the phone line real quick here. I'm going to go to Marie. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Marie. Hi, Marie. No. All right. Yeah, I'll just put you back on hold, and we'll go to Craig down in Oak Stokes. 
Whoops, I don't know what happened there. He just uh, disappeared there. Just, no, I just hit the one button there. I'm supposed to come back. Anyways, well, I'm just going to go to some text lines and oh, here's someone back up. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And hopefully uh, Gordon and I can figure out this phone thing. And another thing that people are looking to do right now is planting garlic. Right now is a great time to plant garlic. I know I think we got about eight to ten varieties of garlic in right now. So, And here's a question I got on the text. Can you still plant grass seed or is it too late? It's just a patch of scruffy lawn, so dirt, grass seed, and hemp. Yeah, actually, right now is a great time. Give everything a good scratch. Put your soil, mix with a little bit of hemp. Um, put your grass seed in there, rake it in there, and just keep it moist, and, uh, and you should be totally fine. Well, let's try. I'm going to go to Jim, and we'll give him a try. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Uh, last year in June, I, we planted uh, 15, uh, 20 plus trees with a tree spade yep. and one one of them ha- didn't isn't making it so yep. we're gonna have to replace it i'm just debating whether to do it this fall or in the spring um if if you have access and if they're using the proper size spade like um ideally i i prefer to do bigger stuff like that in the springtime right um because depending on what our fall and winters do if it doesn't get time to root in at all and if we get some really dry blowing wind it's it's hard to keep them it's going close enough, close enough that we can water it through, during the winter if that helps. And then one of the pluses about doing it in the fall is the ground is hard. Enough, yeah, you know, no, nice and dry. Right. You're not dealing with the spring rains. Yeah, and if they're doing a, if you're doing a twenty foot, they're probably using like a seventy five inch spade or something. I think it was ninety six. Okay, sure. yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, you need a great yeah. big spade like that. Yeah, if if now if you if there's access to it and you're, if they have some trees available, by all means, but just okay. make sure you water them in really good. And uh, even just get some of that Rage Plus and uh, and water them in really good with that. That'll help get the roots going. The other ones, we watered them during the course of the winter when it got uh, warm out and stuff. And I'm guessing that's a good thing, not a bad thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, this helps yeah. keep them from And put bark mulch over top. Um, yeah. Bark mulch really helps. Um, just keeps it frozen. And that's the biggest thing in, in our winters is just, just keeping them frozen. But if that's a big that's a big hunk of root, so which is great. So that and okay. that's the only way when and you're moving big trees like that. I've seen some go down the highway and they have this little forty inch spade and they have a twenty foot tree on it. I'm just like that ain't gonna make it. So yeah. no, you're doing it right, Jim. So um yeah. In the spring, it's a big question mark when you'd be able to get access without leaving huge ruts. Yeah, no, and like you said, right now the the ground's nice and dry for the most part. Get in there, and uh, and now is the perfect time. They're they've they're starting to harden off, so right now is when you'd want to do it. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks, Jim. Bye bye. All right, where are we at? I'm going to try Marie one more time. Good morning, Marie. Oh, good morning, Will. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing great. How, how can I help you? To ask you about nettle, is it okay to plant them now, or is it too late? <laughs> um, in the perennials, yeah, you're fine. Right now is a great time to plant all your perennials. Yeah, I mean nettle. Yep, no nettle is you can do that as well. Oh really? Yep. Oh, it's not too late, then. Huh? No, no, you're fine. Wonderful, thank you, Mel. You're welcome. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. All right, and we got one more before the break here. I'll go to John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How you doing, sir? Uh, well, pretty good. I was hoping to see you, but you uh, 
kind of departed before before I got there. Oh, I'm sorry I missed you. Yeah, got my stuff, though. Awesome. Uh, is there such a thing as a linden tree? Absolutely, and they're gorgeous. Okay, my neighbor uh, had to do some uh, landscaping and uh, and all that, and that's what he is thinking of putting in. Yeah, they're a nice canopy tree. They get a nice shape, nice-sized leaves. When they're younger, they look a little bit um, scruffier, similar to like an Ohio Buckeye. They don't have the best form when they're younger, but it doesn't take long. They come into their true form. They're pretty nice. What kind of area would you... Uh, you need 15 to 20 feet um, full sun. Like they're, they're a bigger tree, so they're like, so you need a bit of room. But it uh, takes a long time. Like in Calgary, you're talking like 20, 30 years. So, oh, but okay. they, they are a big it's tree. Only partly part sunny, part uh, big trees, you know. Yeah, as long as there's room around it, like they said, if it's if it's big enough to grow, it's going to get lots of sun if it's away from the house and stuff like that. So, it is that. Do you have them in? Yes, we have them in potted and in caliper right now. Oh well, I guess he'll be happy to hear about that. Yeah, no, send them down. We got uh, quite a few of the lindens right now. Okay, and uh, you mentioned raised plus for trees. Yes, absolutely for for transplanting and that too. They work great. Oh, what about the ones that are already? In? Absolutely, yeah. It doesn't. I'm using that thirty ten ten, which you recommended yep. because of my trees for your evergreens and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. yep. But rage plus is a great one if a tree is struggling, and I've mentioned lots of times birch trees love rage plus, good watering and rage plus. And I'm even more of an advocate of fertilizing. And the more and more research we've done, we realize that August is a time to slow down on fertilizing. But once we hit now when the trees are downloading, we can fertilize, get the food back into the root system, get it there ready for spring. And when you fertilize and look after your trees, especially with the amount of of pests coming into our area, it'll fight a lot of this stuff off. So if you get your trees nice and healthy... It, it makes all the difference. I have a big willow, and I had Mark um, in from Prune It Up, and he, and he fertilized my willow tree this spring. And, man, I, the amount of growth, it just filled in, and it's just amazing. Like, it is so, and and he has a couple big birch in his yard, and, and a lot of our customers that are that he's been working with over the last few years on this fertilizer program. It, it's, just, it's just like anything, right? If you look after it, it's going to reward you with good growth, nice structure, all those kind of things. And it's just I see so many neglected trees right now driving around, like especially the big ash and, and a lot of big elms. We've had some hard winters, dry desiccation. And when those big trees get that big, they need some extra loving. Oh, so. okay. I just put about 40 gallons of the uh, uh, 30, 30, Perfect. on my tree. Perfect. Okay. So it'll be there next spring when it builds all that new growth. It'll be ready to shoot for the skies. Oh, dear. <laughs> and then you'll have to have your crew back out <laughs> again. There you go. Oh, hey. that's your Ulti- secret, eh? Ulterior okay. motive. Yeah, get it growing, then we got to prune them again. Yeah, it's a pleasure, though. You really do a good service to the city. Thank no, you. No, thank you so much, John. Take care, bud. And you, too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service year-round garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. 
And if you'd like to uh, give me a shout, um, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Lots of great uh, texts here this morning. And actually, I got one. Uh, oh, there's somebody from Whitehorse just sending me some. Holy cow, the gorgeous pictures up there. They're right into fall. You say, morning, Merle. Greetings from Whitehorse, where it's a balmy minus four. Stopped to take some sunrise pictures on the way to work this morning. I try to listen every week. Keeps my connection to Calgary going and know what's going on there. Have a great day. Hey, thank you so much for sharing. Great. Great to see. Great to see those pictures and uh, from all over. Hey, and if you have any pictures you want to share or questions, by all means, the text line is the great one to use for that. 403-974-8255 is the text and call-in line. So if you'd like to, to do either one, we'd be more than happy to to answer you. Oh, I'm still getting one more on the sales tax. I don't think we'll talk about that. They should do a, a rebate tax for if you garden for for old JT's new green environment, uh, they should let us have uh, some uh, rebates. The more you garden and plant in trees and things like that, carbon tax rebates for gardeners. I think that's a good idea. So at least if we're going to get uh, more tax, let's hopefully uh, we can get something working in uh, the green favor to actually something that will work. And trees are our natural carbon filter, so... They suck in lots of bad stuff and spit out lots of good stuff. So let's go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Hello there. How are you? Good. How's Okotoks? Um, it's really nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a great... Is it, it's a, is it still a town or is it a city? To me, it's a town. Yeah. To me, it's going to be a town for a long time. I don't yeah. even want to hear the word "city" in it. <laughs> yeah, it has a great, it has a good feel too, though. Like they've been, they've done a good job at keeping um, the small town feel, especially on Main Street. When you go to the other parts, it feels more like a regular suburbia exactly. world. You but still get to here and get to there really, really easily, which makes it all feel small town. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, how can I help you? Well. First of all, I don't know if these are voles, but I have these little one-inch holes yep. in my lawn in a couple of different places. And I, I, I put out a couple of traps with peanut butter on them. Well, I think it's the deer that would prefer those because one got <laughs> smashed to smithereens and the other one just got trapped with the peanut butter gone. And, I mean, I don't see any activity. All I see is holes. Yeah, then it's probably moles or voles, sorry, or even some of the – there's little ground mice. Oh. That that they just nest just below there. Oh, so one thing you can do is is to so to keep the deer off it maybe is is just put a cardboard box or something. Put the trap, put that over top of the hole, and put the trap inside the box sort of thing. And then that oh. will keep the the deer away from the mouse trap. Okay, yeah. so as long as the box doesn't blow away in the yeah, wind, put a rock on top or something or yeah. yeah, something just to weight it down a little bit. But then that okay, way, so it um, is still put in a mouse trap with the peanut butter on it. Is the yeah, give solution. that. Yeah, give that a try. We do have some vole traps. Um, you could try just flooding them out. Um, they they also don't like they, if you're watering a bit more. They don't like it if it gets moist. They'll they'll tend to scurry off to somewhere where it's a little bit drier. So okay, because I did do the water thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it didn't seem to go into the holes like it was. 
Yeah, so, so just do some. Just do some. Trying to figure out what does this hole actually go someplace? But there's like a few at the top of my yard, and then down a ways further, there's a few more. And they might be just using it for feeding too, because I, I think I, I was talking last week or the week after, or a couple weeks ago. Um, I was sitting down at Spruce, and we have a little area down by the creek at below at the garden center. And I'm, I was just sitting there having my lunch, or whatever, because we have a little campground area. Sitting there having my lunch, and all of a sudden this big, like we have about a three foot weed was sitting there, and all of a sudden I see it start moving, and then all of a sudden within ten minutes that whole three foot weed got pulled down this hole into the ground, and oh. it was just eating it. So I don't know what it was, but oh my gosh, well, like, what an experience for you to see! Yeah, I was just kind of <laughs> just watching this thing disappear. I was like, oh good, at least I don't have to pick that one, so it's good. But it was just. It was kind of uh, it was kind of interesting what what yeah. that was to that to is do hilarious. that. Yeah, yeah, because they're eating what underground. Like I'm I'm assuming when they're in the lawn, they're eating. Yeah, the roots, but the they roots also the they might come up. Then I have because then all of a sudden I ended up with my hostas all getting chewed. But I think that's the deer. They've never touched it before, but there was these two little fawns, and I think the little fawns are eating whatever they can walk. Yeah, by. also it's been a bad year on hostas with with slugs because early on when we had that fair bit of moisture. Um, so slugs, um, and you don't really see them unless it's really bad. All of a sudden, you'll just come out and your hosses look at it. It's been chewed apart. Oh, and, okay. Well, and I have sometimes... to look at that because, no, I, hadn't, I, haven't, I haven't seen slugs. I've had years of slugs, but nothing seemed to be happening this year, so I don't know. Maybe I'm blind. Yeah, no, no. Okay, I, well, I'll just keep working with the yeah, uh, and this, water. And, a bit more uh, water, yeah. Just water those areas a bit more because if it's a little bit moister, the rodents okay. tend to stay away. They don't like it when it's wet. So. Well, okay, as long as they go someplace else and not just in my yard. Yeah, just use those soaker hoses even just to soak it down and get it down wet. Cause they just, even if the ground's a bit like wet underground, they, just, they don't like it. So. Oh, okay, good to know. Okay, I will, I will try that. Awesome. All right, so then the other question I had is I have this pyrea. It grows beautiful every year. It's got beautiful pink flowers on it, all that jazz. Yeah. But it gets dead, like winter kill regularly. I, every spring I'm cutting off so much that it comes Just up from the Just take it right down to the ground. Yeah, yeah. The, should I do that? Like I would wait till, wait till it loses all its leaves, and then early, early next spring, like um, March, April, cut it right down to the ground. So on, on my jobs that I want to do something, I typically stick like a little flag or a little stick or something just to remind me, hey, I, 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 I want to do that in April or something. So just go out there and uh, I would just cut it because then leave it for the protection to protect the roots and that over the winter. Okay. And just first thing in the spring, take it right down as close as you can get, two or three inches off the ground, and all that good energy will go up into all new growth. Okay, because I do end up doing that, but I leave it, leave it, leave it in the hopes that maybe something's going to happen, and then it never does, and I just have to... Yeah, take it right down, it down. and... So that's kind of like a common thing with yeah, these? Yeah, spirea is always, that's fairly common, okay. so... Okay. All right, thank you very so much, good. Leslie. Thank you very much for your Take help. care. Bye-bye. Bye. I got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm Merle Coombs. And a couple questions, people asking, when's a good time to amend your soil in the garden? I really, in the fall is a great time. Um, just turn it over, add some soil amendments, so then that way a lot of those amendments and the nutrients from whatever you're adding, I know we have a really good, um, it's called Green It Up Soil Enhancement. We sell it in bulk 
and that works really well. You add that into your soil, a good garden mix, some bags of sea soil are really good. Um, a bit of manures and stuff, just be careful. You can get it too rich with too much manure. So um, be be a little bit more sparse with the manures. Um, you get too much in there, I find it causes more problems than than good. So just be careful on that. And uh, and you should be good, but it's it, it is important. Also, fertilizer like any of the granulars. I also recommend for a lot of the veggie gardens and things of like that. Our uh, even our greened up lawn fertilizer because it just because it says lawn, it's still fertilizer. It's a slow release. You can mix that right into your soil, and uh, especially for a lot of your root crops and things like that. And and again, just adding those proper nutrients into your soil will make all the difference. So I just mix our green it up. I put it right into my shrub beds and everything, and then just rake it in, and uh, it just slow release and feeds throughout the summer as well. So it's a good way to do that. And uh, right now I'm going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm not going to complain. That's good. No one listens anyways, right? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> That's what happens <laughs> when you have a bunch of teenagers, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. I have a Mentorian ash. Yep. Um, it's probably, I'm going to say it's four years old. It could be three or it could be five, somewhere in there. So we planted this ash, and it's kind of, it's not close to a fence, but it's beside a fence. It's in our side yard, kind of. So the bark split all down the fence side of the tree. And, I mean, it's like, as, as this year has gone on, like, the bark has split farther apart. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's it was frost cracks, frost cracks from last September too. Like it was just when we get those variant temperatures um, at the wrong time of year. That's what does it in on a lot of things. And unfortunately, the harder woods like ashes and things like that, they get that bark splitting like that. Okay. Um, um, so what? A couple recommendations. If it's a pretty clean break, like this, the split is fairly clean. Um, we have recommend you can fill them. We, we have a product called Lac Balsam. Okay. It's a bark replacement, and you just and it has a nice applicator. You just squeeze it into the crack. It'll seal it up, but also lets it breathe. Okay. Um, so that keeps out. If it was some of the apple trees and some of the other stuff are cracking, I recommend using a, a copper spray or something first. Just treat it with a bit of a fungicide and then seal it up. But with your ash trees, you should be fine. Yeah, I, like it's really clean and it's not perfect. all like, it's yeah. not all like got moss and stuff and yeah. whatever. So now's a great time. So just get some lac balsam and you just squeeze it into that crack and then just fill that in and, uh, and hopefully that will help. I seen a couple pictures that someone sent me last week where I, they had five cracks all the way up the tree. It was just like, holy man, amazing. Yeah, like this one, the, the cracks are only up to like maybe just above my my knee, yeah. right there. And that's close. typically where they are is at the ground because that's sort of in the fall. The water's gone down; it's it's depleted down, and the thickest spot is where the water, and then that's where it gives. It's just sort of the ice is the water, there's more moisture in there, and it just splits it open, and it breaks the tissue of the plant. So my question to you then is, like, I've been babying this tree and nursing it along for the last two years, and it never seems to actually get any bigger or have any... We have one of the slowest growing trees, so to be honest, sort of after the third year, you should start seeing some good growth on it. Um, 
So I think you were saying three to four years. Um, just ensure that you're fertilizing it, watering it properly. It sounds like you are. Um, so I've never babied a tree like I have babied kay. this tree. Okay, <laughs> but they are slow growing. That's the one thing with so with it ash. Have anything oak. to do with the split in the bark? No, well, we it, were about to give up on this tree. <laughs> no, I would. Like, uh, I would definitely. F- yeah, I would do the. I would fill that in with the lac balsam. And hope that'll help it heal up. <laughs> And then just ensure that you're giving a really good water, and then you can next, in, even here, you can fertilize it. Like, what, what are you using to fertilize? Uh, I think it's 30-30-30. Okay. 30-30-30. Okay. I would use, uh, yeah, that's probably, that sounds like a little, I've seen that one, 30-10-10. It's, it's probably a little much, maybe, but I was trying to be nice Yeah, to sometimes it. more isn't always better. Just the right numbers, 20-20-20 is a good one, 15-30-15, um, okay. just to get the roots going first, too. You want a higher root number, middle okay. number, and uh, just to get it established. But you'll see after the third year, you should start seeing... Um, um, some good growth, and and when they're growing, they're a gorgeous tree. So, that, yeah, well, that's why we bought it because we thought, oh, this is perfect. We have a beautiful mountain ash. We have a beautiful May Day. We yeah, and when they grow, they almost <laughs> yeah, they almost look like a palm tree when you get them. I know down by Glenmore Landing and stuff like that. There, there was a whole bunch of really nice ones. I, but I know they've taken a bit of beating too because they're boulevard trees on in some parts of the city. And when they're not getting looked after properly without the right moisture and yeah. watering, they can get beat up pretty good. So, Awesome. Thank you so much. You're I very welcome. You yes, you do. me hope for my tree. Awesome. Good luck. <laughs> Have a great Thanks, day. Thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I probably got time for one more quick one before the break. And I'm going to go to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. No, my pleasure. How can I help you? Uh, I've got a... A mountain ash and a couple of ornamental cherry trees in my backyard. They're feature trees. Yeah. For about 18 years. Mm. Mountain ash started with some blight last year, and I had uh, chap in to put some fungicide in the trunk with fertilizer. Yeah. Uh, seemed to do better, and then late July, early August, it returned, and I had them out for what was supposed to be a two-year treatment and do it again, and again, seemed to be doing better. And then... Here in the last week or so, I see I've got like a six-foot uh, part of the trunk that's gone dead on me. Yeah, it, with the blight, a lot of it needs to get cut out, too. It's hard. You can't just treat it. It needs to be pruned out. And it's mountain ash are hard. If they get it into them, it's it's a hard one to cure. Um, right. You need to get it pruned out properly. Okay. Um, so, again, maybe um, I know Mark, our guy at Pruned It Up, he's great with that kind of stuff. So maybe give him a call and he can come out and have a look at your trees and just give you an assessment. He does free quotes. So, and uh, going forward, what can I do with that? Well, I would I'd let I, I would get a lot of that stuff cut out before because it, it's very contagious. If you leave it in there, it'll just spread through the tree. Okay. So first and foremost, I'd get it cleaned up and and pruned out, and then and Mark will be honest with you. He and he definitely doesn't like losing trees. He'll tell you. Hey, this is good or bad, and he won't uh, and he won't misguide you a certain way. If he if he can save the tree, he'll he'll let you know. But if he thinks it needs to go, he'll be honest with you as well. Because at certain points, if it gets into the main trunk, it's really hard to cure it. At that point, you just you end up wasting two or three years um, fighting with this thing. And at some point, you're better off just uh, cutting your losses. Unfortunately, so perfect. One quick question, if you got time. 
Actually, I'm just going to put you on hold. I got to take a break for some commercials, and then I'll come back to you. Just hang on. All right. Just taking a quick break here on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. And where I'm at, I'm in a different seat today, so I'm going to have to go left instead of right. <laughs> and I don't. Oh, yeah, right. I'm supposed to go back to Dale. Thanks, Gord. I'm. Uh, where's Dale? He's number two on the line here. Why is it? Oh, no, number three. I have two Dales up there here. I'll get it. There we are. Thanks, Gord. I got me all straightened out here. Hey, Dale, we'll, hey. We'll, let's do your second question there. Quick question, and maybe fairly obvious. I got a great crop of tar poplars and tar aspens. Yeah. And uh, I always get into debates with people about exactly where I should be watering. Where is the drip line on a tar aspen? <laughs> yeah, it's not on the it's not on the on the drip edge, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's a little further out. Obviously, um, the tower poplars tend to sprout out more and sucker quite a bit. Um, so I would just sort of I'd go that five six feet out. Perfect. And just lay your soaker hose out there and. And do you see the difference between your the aspens and the poplars? Um, ones that sucker or or not suckering? I don't have any suckering issues here with with either of them. Oh, good. Um, um, they're all doing very vigorous, growing very well. Except I got a bit of a crowded backyard, so the newer plants aren't aren't doing as well as the ones I planted twenty years ago. Of course. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just get them going. Hopefully, a little bit of loving, and they should be good. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And then I'm going to go to um, Kim. Good morning, Kim. Uh, I don't know why I pushed the top button, though. I don't. That doesn't make sense. Uh, I tell you. Kim, if you just call back, I'll get you back on here. I'm going to go up to Tracy. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning. Hi there. Um, years ago, I used to rent a plot, yeah. the garden, like it was east of Chestermere. Yeah. I think they sold the land, and they don't rent anymore. Do you happen to know? Um, of anywhere place? that does? Yeah. Um, there's lots of community gardens, depending on what part of town you're in. Um, there is, like I know, like down in Bonas, West Hillhurst, uh, Midnapore, Sundance areas. There, a lot of the communities have a community garden legacy. Um, there, but I believe you can call Eagle Lake um, Landscape Supply, not the nursery. I believe they have some plots that they rent out. And you, it's called Lake Supply? E- Eagle Lake Landscape oh, Supply. Oh, Eagle Lake. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have one more question. Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I had a beautiful cedar potato box built for me. Yeah. Early Spring, and then I planted purple, red, and white potatoes in it. Okay. And the foliage was like, I was so, I took so many pictures of it. It was so beautiful, right? I was so excited about the potatoes. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, it has a door on it and all that. And then I opened up the door. It was like Christmas morning, right? Yeah. But I didn't get one potato. Oh, really? Just up yeah. top. Lots of growth. Lots of growth, but they didn't flower. Ah. 
Huh. And did you get seed potatoes like from a Not garden right. center? Oh, yes. Okay, that that's usually a good start. Um, and what type of soil did you use? Mm, just what, bags of garden. Yeah, bar. Yeah. Okay. Garden soil. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, sometimes if they have too much nitrogen, depending on what soil, they'll just grow up top, and if there's no phosphate, that'll um, hinder the the growth down below. But I haven't seen that. Usually if they get lots of tops, usually you get the blooms and stuff. <laughs> when did you try to check them? Just recently? It was mid-July. Yeah. That might have been a bit early on some oh. of them. Are they still going? No, no. I Now it's a storage box on my condo patio. Okay. Yeah. So it, that yeah. could have been a bit early. <laughs> um, oh. and, the, and you held it up as it grew sort of thing? No, I didn't. So that's what I'm wondering if I did it wrong. Yeah. I, Typically mm-hmm. that does help. As they grow, you just heal them up and that'll force more tubers. Yeah. I did the opposite. Okay. Okay. So next year I'll try it again. Yes. And yeah. And I'll just wait for them to grow a bit and then add more dirt and add more potatoes. Yep. That's what you do. It's like a, because I saw you. Yeah, potato ago. tower. Yes. Yeah. Like t- I've seen it done actually with tires, right? Yep. Tires. Um, yeah. All kinds of different things. People do it. So absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, well yeah, and just check out there, yeah, Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. They, I think they had some plots they were renting out. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Bye-bye. Love your show. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And I should probably just take a break, and then when we get back, we'll hit the phone lines, and we have some couple spots open if you want to join us, 403-974-8255, or out of town, one 800 563 You're listening to... Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. And where am I at? I got Dale. And I'm not sure why sometimes it's cutting me off on the top one, but let's go. Good morning, Dale. Well, hello. Thank you. Hey, how are you? I just had uh, a question. You you talk about uh, composting. Yes, um, do you know anything about these green bins that the city is doing? Or um, no, I know we 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 put our compost into those green bins, and then they go into, and then the city has a process that they turn them into compost, I believe. Yeah, and I've heard you talk on the show that uh, they they phoned in and they've talked about horse manure and uh, cow manure and. You say it's too rich, or oh no! On some, if you're just using straight manure, it is. If it hasn't been sat too long, like if it hasn't sat long enough, I just find if you just do too much manure, um, it's not great for your plants. It can cause sometimes more grief than good because a lot of the manures are high nitrogen as well. So is this green bin thing working? Um, do I know? don't know, and I've tried to call and get someone to come on, but they. Um, they don't work the weekend, so it's hard to get someone from certain departments of the city to come in on a, and talk on a weekend. Well, you know what it's like to talk to City Hall. Yeah, no, we'll put you on hold. Hello, hello, hello. No, just, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to beat them up on a Sunday, but um, I, I don't know a whole lot. And actually, I, I should try again, because right now would be a good time to find out 
um, with the program, and they've done lots of, with all the gardening that's been going on in the city, there's lots of people, and with Economic Times could uh, probably use a little bit of a hand if it's a good compost. And from what I understand, it, it, it's 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 low cost to purchase it, or, or, or it might even be free. I'm not too sure. Um, don't quote me on that, but... Um, from what I understand, it's a, it's a fairly reasonably priced, or if not free, to residents of the city. They have certain days when they do compost days, and you line up, and they fill up your truck for you. Yeah, it's all so confusing. I just had one other short little question. Yep. Uh, Heritage Park. Yep. Are they going to run their... Uh... Harvest? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Again, um, probably... Um, I can look into that on the website and see if I see anything, I'll let you know. But I haven't heard any of that kind of stuff again with this COVID. Um, I'm not too sure, but I know like the farmer's markets and that have all been open in the, in the fruit stands and stuff like that. So yeah, this thing's turned everything upside down. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's been a bit of a crazy time. So it's, uh, I'm not too sure how to, how to decide And, and certain things. Um, like I would think a farmer's market is pretty safe in comparison to sitting having beer. So I, I would say it should be fine, but I don't know how, how they make what regulations. Yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoy your program. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go. Actually, I asked Diana to call back in this week and she's from down at Bailey Hill. And uh, so we're going to chat with uh, Diana, and she's going to give us a couple hints on collecting some seeds. Good morning, Diana. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? I'm good, except we're on the sort of smoke cover, so we can barely see across the yard. Oh, is it? Yeah, I see it starting to come in up here as well, unfortunately. We've had such a good summer without that smoke, but... Yeah, I went to the mountains a couple of times last week, and it was wonderful. And now it's like there's no point. You can't even see anything. Yeah. No, it yeah. makes it harder to breathe. And then if you're having to wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. That's it. That's yes. One thing about going to the mountains on a horse, you don't need a mask, or at least I assume I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Have one on you and the horse, eh? That's right. Yes, yes. Cover us all up in case that, we give it to the deer or something. Yeah, that sounds like a, a wonderful day, though. Um, cruising on a horse up in the mountains. Oh, it was lovely. It was right at that point when the colors are just starting to turn. It was absolutely wonderful. Are you guys getting a fair bit of color change right now down there? Is uh, it? It's very slow. It's Which is nice. Like we expect more, but it's lovely. We just we usually get the most wonderful colours, and just when we're thinking of taking pictures, the wind comes along, and it's like, oh, well, that was nice. Yeah, we've been pretty fortunate here. Hopefully, we're just starting. Everything's just starting to change, and and the forecast looks good. So hopefully, we'll get a nice um, show of autumn colours here in Calgary. So it's been a couple of years since we've had that. Um, but I did notice on the global helicopter on the morning news, yeah. um, when they're flying over certain parts of the city, this all the big yellow trees, man, it looks gorgeous. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's, let's well, get was, to some collecting some, some seeds. Some seeds, yes. Um, I found, um, you know, once it gets cold, a lot of people have stopped watering, and getting seeds is a bit like wanting a crop of peas. You need to water them to get your seeds, right? Yeah. If you stop and they shrivel up and the seeds are tiny, there's not much point in keeping those. Um, the, the trick is to... Well, I stopped deadheading about August 15th, yeah. and I'm just getting seeds now. Because like you're nice doing it for seeds, ones. right? 
if, if you want to keep it flowering, would you keep deadheading? Well, if you want, you, you've sort of got to make up your mind. If you really, really want seeds, you sort of sacrifice the flowers, yeah. you know, by, by just letting them go. But what I've found is that having collected a whole bunch of seed, the sweet peas are now coming back with a vengeance. They're blooming their heads off. Awesome. Which is just stunning for this time of the year. Hey, uh, Diana, uh, is there if I just put you on hold? I'm going to take a break for the news and we'll go through that. Then we'll spend a bit of time after and we'll talk about collecting seeds on a couple other things as well. Okay, you bet. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, you Merle. All right. All right. Just going to put Diana on hold. We're going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, my great producer here, Gord, has looked it up. And the Heritage Park Market is open this weekend. So if you want to go down there and... uh, some carrots and potatoes, turnips, all that fun stuff. Growing locally, I'm assuming. I think they bring in a bit of stuff because I know they do a bunch of fruit there as well. Um, but uh, they're open this weekend. So head on down and support the people down there at uh, down at Spruce It Up. I mean, not Spruce It Up, <laughs> Heritage Park. <laughs> uh, always trying to get a plug in. Well, I better be careful. All right, I'm going to go to back to Diana because I have her on hold, and she is number three. I'm just going to hit that there, and there we are. Hi, Diana. Hello. I think you should start your own farmer's market on that end of the city. You'd probably do a rolling business. Yeah, we've been looking at doing I know we (laughs) tried doing a bit of stuff with – it's just so hard in in the springtime. We are – uh, yeah, and our parking lot's full. Um, this Christmas, though, because unfortunately Spruce Meadows has decided not to do their farm their Christmas market, mm. we are going to expand our Christmas area quite a bit and do a Christmas market at Spruce It Up. Oh, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, we're going to look for a couple of vendors and some things just to to try and get that going and uh, and uh, help out maybe a couple other um, local vendors and uh, help. Provide a spot where they can uh, can move some product as well, and also in a safe manner. That's the only thing that we we're creating four thousand square feet more of indoor heated space, and then we have a couple tents and stuff that we're going to set up outside and and try and do some stuff to create a bit of a farmers or a Christmas market as Spruce Meadows that will not be going this year unfortunately. So oh, I think it'll be absolutely wonderful. What a good idea! Yeah, and, and tell you if you need a Christmas tree and you're looking. Um, it's going to be a tough go. I'd get out early. It's all of us have been shorted our Christmas trees. Um, the guys in the States have come up and offered big bucks for a lot of the trees out of Canada. And, uh, so unfortunately there's going to be a shortage of Christmas trees this year. Yeah. And plus a lot of people are going to be staying home, I think. So it's, it's even, that's going to make it worse. So. Um, not right, that I, we want to be doom and gloom, but if you are thinking about getting a Christmas tree, do not wait to Christmas Eve, or if that's a tradition, go early. <laughs> <laughs> there will not be any. I think I, I've just given up. I just decorate my Norfolk pine, and it's a permanent Christmas tree, and it works really well. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, um, um, but, you know, I think seeds might be short, too. I mean, we were short on seeds this year. Um, there's going to be some diff- I don't know. Maybe I'm being paranoid, but I think there might be. it might be a good idea to collect what seeds you can. 
yep. now because we don't really know what the situation is going to be. There might be difficulty getting seeds. Um, now, sweet pea seeds, a lot of people are surprised they don't always come true. That means if you take your sweet peas or your seeds off a nice pale pink sweet pea, they're not guaranteed to come up the same when no, they No, a lot of times they here. revert back to their more original variety, or, correct? Or a bee gets busy and it's already crossed and you know what I mean, it's yep. gone from one sweet pea plant to the other doing what bees do best yep. and uh, you know, so there's no guarantee but you know, um, you need to get the really big fat seeds there's no point in keeping so little you, shriveled ones. Do you leave them on the on the plant uh, in the pod there till you uh, see them fill up nicely and then pull them off and then when do you take them out of the pod and stuff? Well, you need the pod to change color slightly, and it's quite easy to see. You don't want to wait, obviously, till it pops open on its own and loses all the seeds. But wait till the pod is no longer green. It just starts to yellow a bit. And that's the time to pick it, bring it inside, and put them somewhere really warm and dry. Okay. And they will take quite a while to dry. You know, um, there's no point in putting them in a margarine container and putting the lid on. And then, um, actually, I got given some like that last week. And I was a little horrified, opened the lid, and we had various kinds of mold growing in there. Oh, yeah. So, so you really have to make sure they are very dry before you store them. And they're best stored in a freezer. Okay. That's the best place. They will last for much, much longer if they're in a nice sealed plastic thing. Do you collect any other flower seeds like marigolds? I'm just trying to think of some ones that might be easier. Like you don't want to try and collect a petunia seed because they're just so tiny and things like and that. They, they do revert. They're, they're mostly, they're so overbred, the petunias, that the chances of getting what you think you had this year are pretty slim and, and and that's a really unfortunate thing and 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 so and i do recommend people like if you are buying your flowers if you go into a garden center um an independent garden center you get the nicer varieties the ones that are grown for the box stores are grown to look good on the shelf and they've bred and bred and bred them to stay tight and and compact so they have a longer shelf life so when you put them in your pots, they don't necessarily go crazy. Like okay. if you're going through a garden center, you're getting the better varieties. And uh, and same with your seed. Like if you're if you're picking your seed up at the dollar store, you're getting that cheap stuff, and it's just That's a it. second or third grade seed, right? And uh, I That's see that so much on the Facebook pages, or the uh, someone's oh, I see them at Dollarama or something. And Dollarama is good for some stuff, but for seeds and things like that, your tulip bulbs, it just you end up doing all that work. You got to start with good quality product and you're going to find that at your garden centers so that's it and you get what you pay for always get the best of the best if you can i agree and i have choices like when i bring in stuff to the store as well i can order cheap um bulbs and things like that and sell them cheap too and um but i'd much rather bring in a quality product so when whoever comes in and buys them is going to succeed and have good success and same with our trees and shrubs right we have a two-year warranty i can't bring in um, subpar trees and offer a warranty like that. So exactly, exactly. It's, so um, yeah, and that's how you get a good name is is go for quality, go for the best. Yeah, and Definitely. so do you. So you bring in most of your seeds for your new crops because because of that reason, like they're worried yeah. about the cross pollination and stuff like that. Well, cross pollination, poor quality. Um, 
I did get some sweet pea seeds from down in the States that claim to be heritage seeds and, or, you know, old-fashioned varieties, and they weren't what they said they were. And, um, yeah, very poor quality, poor germination. I have been getting a lot of seed from England, and I think I might be hooped this year. But I, so. I think COVID, I think people have figured out the shipping. We're past the... I guess the pandemic part of it, where now we've all figured out how we got us how we got to function in this. Yeah. So I think last, like especially before the gardening season, um, everything was um, pushed towards essential service, which it should have been. Um, so some of our stuff got pushed to the side the, uh, for shipping and oh, all think, that. Well, we all noticed the sort of lack of product in some of the greenhouses, you know, um, that sell flowers <clears throat> because just about everything's brought in. And there was a shortage, wasn't there, this year? Yeah, well, just because we're, we're behind... Um, like BC, Vancouver, then it goes through the Okanagan. Their season is always two or three weeks ahead of us, and they were just buying everything up because they were going through the crazy time too. But yeah. you couldn't plant here till two or three weeks after. So by the time it got to us, a lot of the stock was gone. Um, we were very fortunate. We have very good growing partners that we work with, and um, we didn't really run out until we wanted to. Like we were done when we kind of. That, that's perfect, yeah. isn't it? If you can just time it just right. Yeah, no, and I know there's a couple of garden centers in town. They didn't have anything after the May long weekend, and it's just. <laughs> um, but we 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 kept it rolling, and um, we were very fortunate. And but even for my pottery, I've already got my containers ordered from Vietnam for for the coming 2021 season. And typically, I don't do that till October, but okay. I've already got my stuff in the queue because if you don't. Um, you're not going to have anything like it's it's backed up and it's just this is a worldwide thing so it's oh totally I'm putting in orders to Europe now yeah you have to you know there's no point in waiting till the spring there's not <laughs> going to be anything so yes exactly but I have been a little more vigilant about collecting seed just uh not trying to be paranoid but just thinking there might be a problem getting seeds so um, I don't usually bother because I just order them in and you know, by this time, I just take off to the mountains all fall. But this awesome. year, I have been a bit more vigilant. Collecting well, I'm, well, I'm sure glad you got your all your health back in order. You're just giving her like crazy. So, so glad to hear that and uh, and um, keeping her rolling. One more thing, Merle. What is the news on the little tree in Stampede Park? I actually, I haven't heard anything. Oh, okay. Okay. And I'll see what I can okay. uh, scrounge up again and, and see, but I haven't really heard anything. Okay. And I'm just very fond of that tree, and I just hope, you know, they started digging around it when it was blisteringly hot, which gave me a bit of a, wow, yeah. well, you're doing it now. Yeah, the root pruning needs to be done, but yeah, they got to be careful what time of the year you're doing it, so. Yes, but anyway, I'm rather fond of that tree. It's, you know, you get a personal relationship with the tree <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes. No, I do. I drive around town. There's certain areas where I see certain trees that um, I definitely have a relationship with. But I got to go, Diana. I'm okay. going to grab a couple people in here. Thanks for calling in. Thank you, Merle. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we'll go to the phone lines. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service year-round garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with 
Daryl. Good morning, Daryl. Hey, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How are things? Oh, really good. Awesome. How can I help you today? Uh, well, I have a couple questions. Uh, one being, I have some trees in a, in a small nursery. They're some blue spruce and some pine, yeah. and, uh, about 12 feet tall. So I want to start, uh, I've got a tree spade and I want to start moving them around. Is it too early yet to do that? No, or? right now is a good time to start that. Okay. Yeah. What's, what size spade do you got? Uh, it's, uh, 38 inch okay yeah you yeah. want to get moving them pretty quick on that size that's the that's the minimum size for moving like a 12 foot tree that you would want to do so yeah okay and uh yeah well i moved some in the spring and they did really well but i haven't moved any in the fall so uh, I like doing it in the spring because you got kind of all summer to babies them, right? Yeah, but, no, um, and and you don't get the wind. The only thing is sometimes if you are using a little bit of a smaller spade like that too, if you're moving them in the fall, they kind of sit in that. I would recommend staking them depending on how many, how many you're moving. Oh, yes, I do stake oh, Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, just ensure that you water them in really well, punch in lots of good soil around it after that, and stake them and, and put some bark mulch on there and you should be fine. Um, okay. But that's the only thing is if you move in the fall and if we get those blistery winds going through, it just pops them out of the hole because that 12-foot right. tree works like a big umbrella, right? And it just will pop it out of the hole quite easily. Right. So. I, I did learn that lesson for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done that a couple times too. Never good. Yeah. Never good. Um, uh, so another thing, and out here the, the, the soil, it's really heavy clay, you know. So yeah. uh, I planted a garden this year, and it did well. But, you know, it's, it's like uh, growing in concrete almost. So uh, what is would be a good uh, amendment for the soil to, to, to use? Gypsum is good. Um, I, if you get it that heavy clay, like I even like to just build a bit of a raised bed um, yeah. and just build it up on top of there. And, right. uh, and then that makes a big difference, right? Bring in some good loam and just and fill it in on those areas. Gypsum works for breaking out clay. Zeolite's another good one. Just organic matter as well, like any of the sea soils. We have a really good green it up um, soil enhancement. Uh, we get it off the off the race, horse race track um, north of town, but it's been processed and screened, and there's some bedding, some different things added to it. It's really good. Um, so I'd, I would just trying to get more organic matter in there and just with your trees make sure if you're in the heavy clay just leave them up like don't um put them too deep like make sure when you when you are doing the spade just don't don't over dig like leave them even so they sit up about an inch or two because you just don't want them deep especially in clay that's where they drown and they'll suffocate so okay uh one more question yeah um uh, like I said, I planted a garden for the first time this year. It did really well, uh, but I had a really heavy infestation of flea beetles. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure where they all came from, but there was just thousands of them. Yeah. And I would just what, use a crop cover next year on that if you're getting a lot of those in there. And certain things, you just put the, it's called a row cover. And yeah, we sell yeah. them, they have a little hoop on them, and you just put them over top of certain rows that they'll go after carrots and some of your beans yeah, and things exactly. like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I found worked really well? What's that? <laughs> was 
I just had, uh, you know, the styrofoam plates, yep. paper plates. Um, I just placed them around the garden, uh, held them down with rock, and filled them with soapy water. Yeah. And they seemed to be attracted to the white plates. Yeah. And they just filled them up, and every morning I would empty them out. Oh, perfect. put them back in, and... I would, yeah. I Actually, that's a great hint. So everybody's listening. Just yeah. paper, styrofoam plates filled with soapy water, um, and that'll help attract them. You could even get some bright yellow ones would even help because I know they're attracted to that bright white, bright yellow. That's a good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. yeah awesome. I know it worked really well, but, you know, there was just thousands of these beetles everywhere. It was, I couldn't believe it, you know. Oh. Yeah, no, and that when you get that heat, it uh, brings up a lot of the insects as well. So, yeah, okay, all right. Good. Thank Thanks, Daryl. Thanks for calling. Take care. Bye bye. Bye And Daryl's calling. He was calling from uh, Vulcan. And actually, I'm just gonna pull that up one more time and then unplug him. And then I got time for one more here. I'm gonna go down to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, Norm. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for being so patient. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I have uh, recently purchased um, a weeping, a variegated weeping fig. fig. Yep. And it's about two feet tall right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, kind of wanted to um, grow it into a tree. Yeah. Um, so where do I do I start taking the the side branches off? Yes, and you just sort of yeah, just take a few off as, and just find your one center trunk that you want to keep it going straight up. And then you just trim those off. Always leave um, a good little canopy above. But yeah, just as it grows, you just pull the, just cut off some of the lower ones to get rid of the excess branch. But just to keep that one trunk going forward. Yeah, well, it has about four main trunks. So do I take all three of them off? If you if you just want one, but you could do like a clump one as well. I've seen those and they look good too. So yeah, leave three trunks in and just take the others off then. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and just don't move it around a ton. They like to be, um, they like to stay in sort of one spot right. and just con- good consistent water. I find the variegated ones are a little bit easier. They don't seem to lose their leaves as bad as the other ones. So it's very pretty. Yeah, yeah. No, I we've we have quite a few of them in right now, which is nice. But they are, like I said, I find them hardier than the than the straight green well, ones. So that's nice to hear. All right. Well, good luck. So, um, what fertilizer would be good for that? Um, for your for your just your regular trees like that, your foliage plants, I would just use like a twenty 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 is perfect. Okay, that's great. All righty. Oh, thank you so much. Have Mom. a good one. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I got a little bit of time. I'm gonna go up to Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Hi. Hi there. How can I help you? Um, it's about my potatoes. Yeah. They've caught. I think worms. Um, I'm I'm not really sure what they are. There's holes in them, and you know they look like worm things through them. But I've never seen any worms in them. But they're a mess. I hate them. <laughs> um, could it be scab on the outside, or does it go no, right inside? And they go right inside. But you don't. When you cut open, you don't see no worm in there or anything. No. Huh. And do you keep your potatoes in the same spot every year, or do you move them? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, if you can rotate them, that makes a big difference. Um, if you can move them to the other side of the garden, or so is there something in the soil? Yeah, and that's and unfortunately, but fortunately, unfortunately, they've removed a a bunch of the 
the products where we could use for some of the soil treatments. So what I would do this year is just turn your soil over, leave it really, really lumpy, like turn it over in big clumps, so that way the air can get down and freeze deeper, and it'll help clean out a bunch of those bugs and things that are nesting there in the wintertime. Okay. So I always like to, in the fall, turn it over, leave it big lumpy um, in, in, in the flower beds and your vegetable garden and stuff like that because it just helps freeze it down and helps clean out any of those pests that are just um, burrowing into the ground that come up next spring. Hmm, okay. All right. Hey, and well, can I have one, one more question? Sure. In the springtime, what's a good thing to spray our fruit trees and and gooseberry plants and stuff? With? Um, pure spray green is a great one. It's, it works as a fungicide, and it's also a great for a lot of the aphids and leaf hoppers and different things that are going after them. So like, pure spray green is a great sort of all-purpose spray. Okay, so when do I do that? Before just after they, they leaf out. out. Yeah, oh, just after? After, after they leaf out. Okay. All righty. All righty. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. And I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Having a few questions on what should we do with our flower beds um, here in the fall. One thing I like to do is, and, and some of them, is just turn them over, leave them nice and lumpy. If you have nice perennial beds, I, I don't believe in cleaning up a whole lot in the fall unless you have some like um, Asiatic lilies and if you've had the um, any of the leaf beetle, the red lily beetle or anything like that, you got to do some good cleanup. Catoni aster hedges if you have that scale. If you're having some issues, I like to clean up the leaves. But for the most part, I like to let Mother Nature do its thing. Let it die down upon itself, cover it. And that's sort of Mother's Nature way of, of just covering the root system the way it likes, keeping it protected over the winter. And then of, instead of straw and stuff in my flower beds or, or protecting perennials, um, I like to use a soil amendment of some sort, like even the sea soil or something like our greening up soil enhancement. You put that into your flower beds and mound it up over your perennials here in the late fall. It works as a protectant over the winter, but then you have nourishment there first thing in the spring. You can just rake it out, turn it over into the beds, and so you're sort of you're amending your soil and and also protecting it for the winter time. So there's lots of good soil amendments that you can add in the fall, and then they're just there for you first thing in the spring. So um, it definitely helps with that a lot. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. Just fine, thank you. Good. How can I help you? Uh, I have a plant called Elephant Ears. Yep. Bernaria. It grew about four feet tall, and he's, it has this funny seed on it. Yeah. yellow bloom. Yep. Now, I cut them off, and I dried them. Yep. Can I just put them in an onion sack and put them in the closet where it's dark and cool? Yeah, if it's dark and cool or or like um, she was saying, put Diana was saying, stick them into the freezer, put them into a sealed okay. container, put them into the freezer. That would be best. Okay. okay. That's good. Another problem I have is my apple tree. We had hail three times this summer. Yeah. And the poor tree is lifeless. Yeah, uh, it's some of the places have been really tough on trees, and I think sometimes you just got to evaluate them. 
if there's too much damage done to them, especially on your fruit trees, you might be better just to unfortunately cut them down or or do some pruning of the heavily damaged areas because it's it's hard on those because if they've been too much damaged it just opens them up to um, blights and funguses and things like that so it's kind of an uphill battle okay what i've done is i have uh, fertilized with 2020 yep and i have watered it quite a bit that's perfect seems to be buds of leaves coming out now. As long as there isn't any damage, like if the bark isn't heavily damaged where it's cut through the bark and stuff like that, that's tough. Okay, well then you should be good. Maybe it just lost all its foliage. It's leafing out a bit from its secondary leaves, which is fine. So it'll go into fall um, and then it it should be fine. It needs to send out those leaves because then it'll set new buds for next year. Okay. Uh, I have a cover, a frost cover. That I can put over it for the winter? Uh, I wouldn't do that. No. Nope. Over top of your tree. Yeah, you don't need to. Oh, okay. Nope. Just, just let it do, do its thing. Then. Nope. Just, just continue watering, and uh, you can give it one more shot of fertilizer later okay. in another couple of weeks, and then that way it'll be set up first thing in the spring. Oh, super. Well, it's wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right. Take care. Day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And we're met for time. I'm good for a bit. And where am I at on the phone calls? I'm going to go to Marty. Good morning, Marty. Hi, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. Merle, I just went out actually and bought a yard of the uh, soil enhancement. Yeah. And it looks amazing. Yeah, it's nice stuff. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, my question is, I got into the soaker hoses this year. Yeah. Do I have to pull my soaker hoses up every year before I, can I, or can I just put that over top of them? You can just put them over top for the most part. Okay. Um, just some of the fabric, like depends which ones you got. The rubber. Yeah. If you can, if it, if it's easy to pull them up, I would. Okay. Because mice and things love chewing things in the winter time. Okay. If it's down there, like even little irrigation heads, I'm I'm amazed. Like on drip irrigation drip tubes, like they'll chew the <laughs> they'll chew the rubber for whatever reason. Okay. Um, so yeah, and I had bowls last year, so I guess I better pull them up then. Yeah, yeah, just pull them up, store them in a nice dry place, and then lay them out, test them before you put them back out, yeah. and uh, and then that way you won't have any issues. Perfect. Um, succulents. We like to take our succulents, and we have a couple grow tents in the basement. Yeah. Um, but they come in with all the aphids and bugs, whatever else. Uh, pure spray green, put them in the grass, spray them down a couple times. And... Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. And then just, yep, set them for winter, and then you should be good. And that works really good as a fungicide, too, so it cleans up any of the fungus or anything that's in there, so that's perfect. Perfect. And can I cut the Tony Asters and, and lilacs down right now, or is that too late? Uh, if they're nice and healthy, I would wait. Um, or if, there, if there's lots of dead or damage or disease, I would take that all out. Yeah. And then if you're just looking to rejuvenate it, I would do that early spring. Um, you can do it now, but if, if you can let all the energy from the good healthy leaves get that down into the root system, and then over the winter time, just do it. And you can do that at any time over the winter if you want to If you want to do it like sort of January, March or something like that. Okay, I'll leave it later. Then. Yeah, you leave it for a good winter project. I'll do something else. All right. Okay, thanks Perfect. Thanks, Marty. Bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And just thought I'd go over a couple more of those uh, little fall tasks right now that you want to be looking at doing. If you're looking at doing any fall bulbs, I would get out and uh, and have a look at that. Watering in your trees and looking for any dead damage or disease branching. Because right now it's easier to spot um, the leaves are still on most trees, so you can sort of you can see what's going on with the tree. And what really helps, even if you snap a picture of it, and then if you call your arborist after the leaves are gone, you can kind of see what it looked like. And you'll be able to tell from most of it looking at the bark and things. But it just sort of helps him, uh, him or her look at it and say, hey, you know what's going on a bit more and get you in the right direction. And, uh, again, fertilizing. Now is a great time. Fertilize your lawn last time and typically if you're on our green it up program we cut it down by two-thirds this is the last application and it's a fairly light application but gets the the phosphate in there gets a little bit of nitrogen in there for fall and get it ready for next spring and uh one other thing is uh is just looking um again at your at your flower beds and your perennials, I'm an advocate of the procrastination gardening at this time. Is a lot of my perennials and things that I don't touch them. I let them just die back upon themselves, do their thing, and uh, and get ready for next next spring, and then do a really good cleanup in the early spring. You can see when the stuff starts coming up green, and uh, and then you go from there. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, in the earlier in the spring, I called you. We had a weeping birch about 15 feet high. Yeah. young tree. And you told me to rage it. Yeah. So I put the rage to it all summer and watered it regularly. But we're now questioning whether we should cut off the dead part above the lush green branch. Okay. Did it did it help bring a bunch of light back into it, I hope, or...? Um, not a bunch, but what it did come back, came back very lush. Yeah, it was such a hard year, and it depends how long it's been dying back. Um, will depend on how much they can get rejuvenated if the wood's been totally dry. And, and you will see that on some of the birches, if it's been up top for quite a while. I would definitely prune it out. Okay. Absolutely. So we prune it right to the, the last limb that's that alive. Growth on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do I paint it with anything no no oh, and that's okay. where you want to make sure you're doing the proper cuts and okay. use that way it can heal properly so and okay. yeah so just be careful of leaving stubs because some of them you want to take right down to the main trunk other ones you 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 can cut and, and they'll heal at a certain width right and okay. so that's just uh, being careful and, and knowing which ones you want you can still do them right now typically you don't prune a prune birch um, when there's still leaves on them, is typically so. Right now is a good time to do it, okay. and uh, and if you're re- removing dead, damage, or disease, you can do it throughout the winter. But it's just right now is an easy easy time to see what's going on there. So okay, and I just have another quick question. Um, I planted some tomatoes, um, and in pots in a planter rather, mm-hmm. and when they ripened, when they turned red. The underneath was yeah. black blight. Yeah, you have uh, it's it's a calcium deficiency. It's blossom end rot on oh, your okay. tomatoes, and we have a product um, at the garden center. We have one that uh, is like a calcium supplement that's in our Evolve tomato food. Evolve. 
Okay. Yeah. Or we have also um, one you can just add to it. It's a yellow container. And I, some people sent me the name of it last year, but it stands out. It's a yellow um, canister with a big rotten tomato on it. Um, okay. And it has um, the calcium supplement and it helps end the blossom and rot. Okay. It's it in, wasn't because I had it in too small of a container. No, sometimes it's inconsistent watering, but the bigger tomatoes, for whatever reason, they get that uh, blossom end rot, um, okay. and you don't get it on the smaller varieties. Like I, I'm still no. like I got. Um, I think they're called sugar daddy tomatoes, the the small yellow ones, and I, I probably have 500 tomatoes on there still, and I, we've oh. been eating salads every day and just pulling tomatoes off my dogs. I have three little Shih Tzus, and they just love them, so there's nothing on the bottom. <laughs> they go out there in the deck, and they just eat tomatoes like crazy. So it's, uh, wow. I don't oh, know if it's, hopefully healthy. it's good for them, but we'll see. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they haven't died yet, so it must be okay. Yeah, you might not have any yellow patches on your grass. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. All righty. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And where are we at for time? I got a little bit of time. I'll do one more before the break. We'll go to Fred. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, very good. Thank you. Good, good. And uh, regarding your comments about trimming the birch back, uh, you can do that at this time. Yep. And trimming it. Uh, it's awkward to take pictures of the areas I want that are dead as well, so yeah. I'll do that. However, I've also got a mature mountain ash. Can I do that same type of cutting, get the dead wood out Absolutely. and do the trimming now? Yeah, and you want to do that. Whenever you have dead damage or disease branching, you definitely want to do that um, because it's uh, it just enables it to heal properly. So whenever you have that, especially in your mountain ashes and certain trees, you definitely want to get that. You want to keep up on that fairly readily. Right, and I won't uh, take any of the nutrients away from the tree if I get uh, some of the other main branches trim back to shape. No, not at all. If, if anything, the opposite, because then what a plant will do, it'll, it's, it'll, if you have a bunch of deadwood or diseased branches on it, yep. the tree itself will use a bunch of its energy trying to revive that old deadwood. So when you remove that old deadwood, it doesn't have to waste any of its energy trying to revive that. So it, it'll all go to nice new growth, healing, and, and doing what it should do. Very good. Thank you very much. All right. Just be careful on the mountain ash on how you're cutting it and leaving stubs or anything. Uh, I'll have an arborist come in and do it. I've been spruce it up a call. Yeah, yeah. Give Mark down there at Prune It Up a call, and he'll be more than happy to, and he gives free quotes, and uh, he'll do a great job for you. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go... had quite a quick question asking, what is the name of Diana's garden center? It's called Bailey Hill, and it's down near Pincher Creek. And uh, so go down and visit her if you're going through uh, the Pincher Creek area. It's such a great drive down there. Um, I know we went camping at a campground there a couple years ago, Bouvet Campground. What a gorgeous little place. Ah, missed that. Missed that. All right. Where am I at? I'm going to go to Tabor. We're usually be talking corn, but we're going to talk some junipers. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, could you please tell me, can I prune my mint jul- juniper uh, bushes now? They're really tall. I'd like to get them lower. Um, you, 
yes and no? Like, are they upright junipers or? Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they're upright. Okay. They're, they're almost like in a vase. Uh, I had them pruned, uh, uh, pruned one year, but it's been a long time. How, long, how much do you want to take off? Uh, quite a bit in order to, to you know, to lower them because they're getting really uh, out of, you know, just yeah. growing so tall. Yeah, you can definitely, you can take them down a bit if you like. Okay, I'll do that. And then could I ask you one more question? Sure. Uh, I have some really old fir trees, spruce and the bottom branches are drying up. Uh, the tops of the trees are beautiful, but, but you know, as, as you go down, uh, there's a lot of deadwood on them. I don't know why. Yeah, and that tends to happen underneath. They need, and they just need to get cleaned up. They get less and less light down below on some of the lower things, so they just need to get cleaned up. Clean them up. And then uh, should I fertilize them? I Absolutely. water them really well. Yeah, water them really good. Give them a good fertilizer. 30-10-10 for all your evergreens is great. 30, 10, 10. Yep. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. You're Merle. very welcome. Right. Bye-bye. 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 Um, and I just got a text in here. When should I prune my Saskatoons? You just want to thin them out, and I see they're quite tall going up into your deck area, um, and which is a tough one to keep them contained. Um, so you, you should do, you can do that now if you want just to keep them tighter. Um, but it's hard when they're in a spot and they're growing up into the, because they're, they're a larger one. But yeah, right now is a good time and just look through any dead damage or disease, clean that out at the same time. And, uh, you'll be fine to do that at this point. And let's go to one more. I got a couple more calls to go through. I should have time. Good morning, Ethel. Good morning. How can I help you? I've got uh, an annual potted, uh, patio potted uh, hydrangea. Yep. And I bought it last May, and it was a beautiful pink, and then it turned lime green. Yep. And it's got lots of new foliage on it, and I'm wondering if I can put it back into a small pot and bring it into yes. the house for the winter. Yes, that that'd be the only way you do it because they're not; those ones aren't hardy for our area. Yeah. So just bring it in, bring it into into the house, treat it like a house plant. Mm-hmm. And it'll, should I fertilize it through the winter? Or Absolutely, just... yeah. No, you want to fertilize throughout the winter. Um, just again, 15, 30, 15 is a good one for those. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll probably need, to, it might really go dormant at one time. It might just sort of shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to even like a poinsettia or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, so you might just have to go through a dormant period. And if you see it doing that, just put it into a cool, dark place. Okay. Um, for six, eight weeks. Okay. And uh, then bring it back up and uh, cut some of it back, about a third off, and then see what it does. Okay. And uh, what about uh, your trees, your evergreens and other trees? Should they be fertilized in the fall? Yep. You can definitely fertilize them right now. Yeah, what kind of fertilizer? For your evergreens, 30, 10, 10. And for your other ones, depending flowering trees and shrubs, I like using 15, 30, 15. And just a good all-purpose is 20, 20, 20. Okay. All righty. Thank All right. You. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it, it is important to water and, uh, and fertilize your trees and shrubs. And the more you give them, because you see... Again, you drive out to our boulevards or some of the areas, the interchanges in the city where trees are not getting watered and you see how poor a shape they're in. Um, and it just shows you what um, watering does. And when you see your trees and shrubs in air, other areas and they're growing fine, um, it just shows you what we need to do. And I'm going to go to Val for the last call of the day. Good morning, Val. Hi. 
Hi, how are you? Good, good. Good. Um, my question is, I've got two barrels full of um, tiger lilies, mm-hmm. and I've been inundated with a bloody uh, lily beetles. And I was just wondering, can I cut them down now, and like to ground level, and then dig around and hopefully get rid of the beetles? Yeah, that's the best. Well, yeah, it's it. They've been a lot less red lily billy this year the old college and that they've released a bunch of predator wasps oh yeah and it's really helped um clean out a lot of the of the red lily billy here in alberta so hopefully that continues to go and it's nice they found a natural predator to go after them so great all right <laughs> i need it okay thank you so much you're welcome bye-bye Bye. all right and one other thing i've been getting a ton of texts on is on our evergreens, our pine trees and spruce getting yellow in the middle. It's really normal. Um, if it stays in the middle, and some of them it looks horrible right now. You get the bright yellow in the middle of your pine trees and some of your spruce. It's for the most part, if it stays in the middle, it's really normal. Continue to give them a really good water and even just hose them down if you can. Give them a good washing. Um, give them a fertilizer, 30-10-10, and they will go through that. Those needles will drop, and uh, all will be well. But that's... Uh, that's something that comes up. They sort of go through every two or three year cycle. And just like our cycle here, our two hours is up. Thank you so much for everything, uh, for joining me today. And uh, we'll get our garden on next week here on 770 CHQR.